Welcome to the Manners Podcast, where our host, Joey Ferjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church in Philadelphia, is teaching on how to be a biblical man. All right, here we go. Continuing season two of Manners. Hello, Derek Hello. King. I'm here. What an honor. I finally made it. What a privilege. And uh, today we're using your desk. You are. We've so, been using your desk. Without my permission. So. And, uh, but hey, um, I probably bought the desk for <laughs> you. Did, so. you did, so my desk to use. <laughs> Welcome. What do you do around uh, the Block Church? Oh, uh, well, I am the activities director. Activ- <laughs> <laughs> That's my pseudo title. I'm, I am the worship pastor you here at the are. Block Church. You That's- are. So what do you do? You work once a week. You 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 li- you print chord charts or something. <laughs> I print the 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 programs. The programs. <laughs> the bulletins. <laughs> the bulletins <laughs> with the hymns listed. Early on, I, there was a church plant uh, we were going to in Philly, and they did like literally printed programs and like literally nice printed whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, we were there, and it was before we launched. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how much do you guys spend a year on this? And it was like, oh, these are probably like $20,000 a year. I said, we will never print <laughs> a program. When you found out it cost, <laughs> it was out. It was like, wow, just use your cell phone, people. Anyway, it's nice to have you. It's nice to be here. This podcast is called Manners, How to Act Like a Man. And uh, that's what we do right here. We just model true manhood connection mm. that that's what we do so and we have that connection and we're going to we're going to get to it today but before we do okay you're supposed to you know how we start the the show is you're mm-hmm. supposed to uh, show us a product mm-hmm. that is uh, oriented uh for men all okay. right so something every man has to have some guests in the past have done cologne and uh and medicated sunglasses <laughs> <laughs> what do you got well <clears throat> As a man and a man who lives in Philadelphia, mm. you're not a man in Philadelphia unless you have a good beard. That's right. That's beard, right. Beard is is important. So okay. uh, I have this argan oil, um, and I'm not sure where it comes from. Oh, from Morocco. Amen. Amen. Um, international. Um, and so what you do is you spray it. Okay. So I usually, you know, I have a shower, you know, put water in my beard, make mm-hmm. sure it's nice and, and and wet. And then I take that oil, spray, 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 spray. Healthy, healthy hmm. I'm going to try it. You Am, can, is but. Is this expensive? You paid for it probably. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can use it. But the thing is, it's not really like for like necessarily shine. I use it. Once it's wet, and then I take my comb. Okay. To then. Does this work for white people? You know, uh, <laughs> we're about to find out. <laughs> Why don't you take it home and you let me no, know? No, I want to try it right well, now. You try it right now. But the thing is, it's really for like, you know how? So especially for like black people. Okay. <laughs> Our hair, if like we're laying down, it kind of, it kind of. This, 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 this oil is discriminating against me. <laughs> I'm using it. I don't care. Oh. <laughs> you got to aim it, direction it. There you go. Mm. It smells oh, wow. good, it smells right? smells incredible. Exactly. My so, wife will not be able going to keep for hugs, her hands you know, off of me. Make sure your beard smells like oil and not like mac and cheese. Or, I love it. All right. Any, every man Yeah, you got to have something to get for it. your beard. Even if you're white, you can get it. That's right. So, um, you know, uh, just a funny little story. This is my funny story. I don't know if you have one. Uh, but um, I tried to... Derek, you live downtown. Mm-hmm. You live in Center City. Mm-hmm. And I tried to... Uh, we, there was an extra car we tried mm-hmm. to give to you. 
so that you would have it to go to Delaware or <laughs> wherever you go. And and that's where he goes to get his haircut. You still go to Delaware <laughs> no, to get your haircut? No. Okay. Anyway, so, but you refused. You didn't want the free car. I didn't. Okay. So now, now you use my little second car. Yes. That's my little I call, it, I call it my weekend vehicle. And you use it every week when you could have had your own car. So here we are. Well, let's also say that the car that you wanted to to give me it's like a 1991 Buick. It was like, like one, only one of the windows <laughs> rolled down. <I> know. <laughs> the tires were like depleted. Don't paint, don't paint that. They literally, it just literally just stayed on uh, Indiana and it probably didn't. Okay, it wasn't 1991. It was a little later than that. It had leather seats <laughs> and a CD player. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and I think to play music from my phone, I had to get one of those like tapes from yeah, Five yeah, Below to put, to put cassette tapes to put it in <laughs> so that I can listen to music on my phone. And you know, it always comes with that like, shh. Yeah, it, it had a little bit of a, of a buzz, but. So, you know. That's fine. You had to put all the cards out on the had to go to ashtray for your cigarette smoking. So I know, especially being in Port Richmond. Okay, anyway, we should move on. Uh, do you have anything uh, just delightful you want to share about me before we go well, on? Well, I mean, continue with cars, you know, with the weekend vehicle, mm-hmm. you know, you came to me and you're like, hey, this this light is flashing, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. You got to be more intentional about, you know, what's going on with the, with the car. Yeah, you got to treat it like a family And member. I said, you know, you're like, it's at 78,000 miles. I mean, just oil change. I'm like, I don't look at those numbers. And then you're like, you know, you got to. So I said, hey, bro, we got a deal. I take care of the interior. <laughs> You take care of the exterior. You're like, what are you doing the interior? I said, I make sure all the cords are working. Yeah, you added a cord. You added a a plug-in cord. Very important to have a phone that's charged. So Let's move on because this is a point of contention, obviously. So today, I want to get into... well, I can't even remember what our subject matter is. <laughs> discovering. discovering manhood, yes. discovering your own manhood, um, and kind of how that happened for you. Yeah. And I think you've got a great story when it comes to, um, I guess, figuring out and wrestling with that. Yeah. And not everybody uh, may have models for that or um, or whatever it is. Yeah. And I, I think we can help. We can help guys, and when we say discovering manhood, it's kind of like moving from 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 boy to men. Yeah, you know how do I how do I take those steps to to discover what it means to be a man in my own life? Yeah, and I, and I think you do that well. Yeah. Um, you have a passion for this. Um, mm-hmm. You actually you are a worship pastor, mm-hmm. but you also um, it's not in your job description <laughs> or in your pay scale. <laughs> But you really kind of lead our men's ministry, yeah. and you were adamant that we had one. Yeah. What, why the passion? And then let's talk. Yeah. So, um, I'll give a little context. You know, Getting a phone call. Do you need to? Do little, you need to pause? I thought I had turned it off, but <laughs> okay. um, so a little context backstory for those who you know may know me or may not know me. Mm. Um, you know, you may hear me post and talk about my dad all the time, mm. who's hilarious. Mm. Um, but in, in actuality, that's my stepfather. Um, but I don't call him stepdad because mm-hmm. he's he's my dad. Mm. Um, my biological dad, um, you know, he wasn't really in my life. He wasn't present. He was like getting out of jail. Um, and then he died when I was in, in high school. Um, and so didn't really have a relationship with him. Um, and you're from? Newark, New Jersey. 
Brick City. Nork? Nork. Yeah. Some people might think it's Newark, but it's Nork like Fork. But it's really Newark. You just call it Nork. It's Nork. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's where I'm from. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, I didn't have a relationship mm-hmm. with my biological dad. And so um, I think for many years, you know, that left just a gap, mm-hmm. you know, and it left mm-hmm. me uh, just wondering, you know, mm-hmm. um, and just in the the simple things that other fathers might teach their son, simple as like riding a bike, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, or, or playing sports or shooting mm-hmm. the ball, you know, mm-hmm. um, I just didn't have that experience. And so, yeah, it always, you know, especially in school, when you get to those like higher years mm. um, of, of high school, where you start to feel it, you start to feel it, you know, like, oh, I'm not athletic. And, mm. and thankfully, I've always had like a great group of, of friends and, and even guy friends who never made me feel a certain way because I couldn't. Um, and then I sang. So mm. that was my superpower. Yeah, um, right. But also, I just always knew like, man, like it would be cool to be able to play sports mm. or it would be cool, you know, to know how to to do this or, you know, I wasn't that guy that was hopping the gate. You know, mm. I'm like, I'll meet you around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't doing that, you know. Listen, one thing about me, <laughs> I was athletic growing up. I still wasn't hopping no gate. <laughs> no, one thing about I was going to find the smart way to <laughs> yeah, get us exactly. there. exactly. God, this doesn't really make <laughs> sense. That makes sense. We don't have to jump this gate. I was kind of like gate. a think first and then move later. Because if I rip these jeans. Oh, it's this wrap. Uh, yeah. I'm going home. The whole day is done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, And so, yeah, you know, in in high school and then, you know, obviously in in those years just searching. And I remember um, in my high school years just like really praying to God and Mm. asking for like, man, I would love. And I didn't have brothers. um, Mm. You know, I had an older cousin who was definitely a role model to me, but he didn't move on to college. So I was just really asking God, like, man, please send me some, you know, some male role models, some male support system. Um, and I remember um, at the around the time of high school, our family transitioned to a, a newer church. Um, and this was the church that I was at until I went to college. And literally it was there where God sent me just this community of like big brothers and mm. support. And it was support in a way that I hadn't seen before. It was mm. accountability. Mm. Um, I remember, um, you know, my, my, uh, pastor at the time, um, I remember him calling all the men together on Saturday mm. and we would come and pray mm. for Sunday. And, and I'd never seen anything like that before. Like, mm. It was like, wait, usually you see, you know, the women are always like leading the charge in churches. Yeah. You know, you see that often. And so to see all the guys sacrifice their Saturday night to come together and pray mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. And, and really hold each other accountable if they, you know, had messed up or if, mm-hmm. you know, they they were, you know, walking away from the marriage or mm-hmm. if they weren't taking care of their children, you would see guys really hold other guys accountable to this mm-hmm. um, and not in a shameful way, in mm-hmm. a loving, like, bro, I'm here for you, but I'm also going to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that marked me forever of just mm-hmm. having guys that, like, supported me, who, you know, would go to bat for me, who would, who would just, who were just there. Um, and so... It was there that I really learned, like, okay, you know, society has this one way of depicting what a strong man is or what a man looks like, mm. whether it's, you know, the guy's the one who, um, you know, he he's the, the heaviest lifter or, you know, he's the one who has the most girls or, mm. you know, the most money or the, the fastest cars. To now where I'm understanding, like, you know, men actually, like, they worship, mm. they pray, mm. they show up to church first, mm. they make sure, like, the home is taken care of. Mm. Uh, they make sure that, you know, the people in their home are taken care of. Mm. Um, you know, they, they, when it, whenever there's a, a call to serve, whenever there's a mm. call to give, um, men go first. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it really, you know, changed 
just like the trajectory of my whole like man like this is what it looks like um and i also have to shout out you know my my dad because he also led the way in that of like he did that for my home when did when did you know your your step your dad yeah. right you call him your dad yep um when did he come into the picture so he came into the picture i think you know when i was around maybe six or seven okay um and then i think my i think they got married when i was like Nine or ten. Okay, um, so so you know your your biological father. Mm-hmm. He was never there. Yeah, and he. What happened to him? So you know what's funny to this day. I don't even know how he died. Mm. I remember being at his funeral. Um, you know, but I don't know how he died. I don't know if it was. Um, yeah. How, how old were you again? Remind me. I was, I think, sixteen. Sixteen when yeah. he died. Yep. I was what, in high school. What kind of uh, emotions and and feelings did you have? You know what's interesting? I always, you know, and I'm thankful to my mom because she never had a bad word to say about him. Where I know she could have said a lot of things about him, and she always gave opportunity. For found me. a way to honor. Yeah. And always found opportunities for me to be connected to his side of the family, whether yeah. it was go over there for a holiday or go over there for birthdays, um, and so. I think to that, I never really had, it's weird. I don't, I don't think I have any emotions attached to him. Mm. Um, it's more so sadness. And I think mm. as I've matured, you know, and even become a pastor, I recognize that man, you know, he, he didn't do what he couldn't do, mm. you know? And, and I recognize that man, he probably had some things going on in his life that didn't allow him to really rise to the occasion. And so mm. I'm thankful to say like, I have, I literally have no ill feelings towards my yeah. dad. I feel more of a sadness mm. that we never could have a relationship and that he never could, you know, become all that, you know, maybe he was intended to yeah. be. Yeah. Um, and so that's what the, the emotion really is for me of just like sadness, like, man, you know, what could have been. Yeah. Um, but I, I am thankful that I don't have like a bitterness or I don't right. have like a, a hatred in my heart for him mm. where I know a lot of people have struggled with those emotions and feelings. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have those. It's powerful that your mom kind of helped protect you from that. Definitely. Um, so he dies. Yep. What do, do you remember some of those? I remember, you know, being sad. Yeah. But it's also weird because when you have somebody who is your dad, your yeah. stepdad, yeah. I'm like, that that's, that's my, my, dad. my dad. You know, and I think that's the power of also like, you know, just covenant mm. because well, yes, there's blood running through veins, you know, that makes us family. And that's right. the way God intended it to be. Um you know, my stepdad stepped in as my dad. Right. And so even seeing my my father, my biological father in that casket, I don't think I sat there and was like, my dad is in that. It was yeah. like the man, you know, that's responsible for me being here, mm. you know, is is gone. And I'm sad about that. Yeah. But it wasn't like a, a, a deep loss of mourning in the sense of like, oh my God, my dad is gone. Whereas when my, my stepdad, when that happens, you yeah. know. It, it's when your stepdad... You know, came into the picture. He's dating your mom, mm-hmm. whatever it is, six, seven years old. They get married at ten. Was there an adjustment period? Oh, definitely. It, where before he really became your father, yep. which is that gap you're talking about, a uh, riding a bike, yep. ath- athleticism. Like there was a gap there. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So you know, I think within that gap, like you know, he was around, um, and I think again, you know, he was supportive. Sure. You know, and and it was nice to have him around. You know. Um, and and know that my mom's like protected and yeah, she's yeah. she's happy and yeah. she's enjoying it, um, but yeah, in those those middle years, it was a lot of like man, like 
where the guys at? You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. I what, get it. Like, what, what, what? He wasn't just going to become pops overnight. Ex- exactly. And so when, when that finally happened, I do remember him having a conversation with me. Hmm. Um, and I don't remember like so clear, but I do remember him saying, you know, I, I not your biological father, but right. like, I'm here for you and hmm. I want to, you know, be that to you and so have good. that relationship with you. Um, and yeah, it just continued. Like conversations just continued and, and, it, it it just kind of happened. There definitely was an adjustment in the sense of like, oh, I got somebody else telling me what to do, you know, and, and setting boundaries. But it wasn't in the sense that like it just kind of happened overnight where he was like, this is the law and I'm laying it down. It was, it was, um, you know, it was a gentle, organic, know, organic. Sort of, yeah. yeah. And I remember one time, actually, there was a conversation. Now, this is funny. There was a conversation. I was in high school. I remember this about him actually like adopting me. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was so excited or whatever. Oh. And, you know, they sat me at the kitchen table or like, oh, you know, what do you think about this? I was like, oh, I love it. And then I was like, but I'm not changing my last name. <laughs> my last name is King and it gets no better than that. So I'm all down <laughs> with the get down. But there's a condition here. Oh, my gosh. You traded fatherhood to, to, to keep your last name. I had to keep my last name. Only you would do that. Hey, I, I don't regret that. <laughs> One minute. <laughs> I, so I, I love, um, I, I, we should pause here and just, I, 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 I think, I guess, enumerate or accentuate the value of stepfathers mm-hmm. um, and how there are so many broken homes. Yeah. And you don't have to be a biological dad to be a great dad. And I just think, yeah, we should pause there and encourage those who have that opportunity that it can it can really make a difference. Absolutely. You know, and absolutely. Yeah. If if you have the opportunity to, you know, be involved in a child's life by way of, you know, marriage, you you marry, you know, a woman who already has children. Yeah. Um, you know, I know sometimes that's frowned upon in society. Yeah. Um, but there are so many children that need a father. Yeah. You know, and and I think that it's a way to be done that doesn't seem dishonoring to their biological father. Totally. Um, because honestly, there there's, you know, there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. Sure. You know, and so if they're if their father's still in their life, like you can also be there. And I've seen so many success stories of like, you know, fathers and stepfathers working together yeah. to help, you know, support and honor. And I think that has become more popular as society's gone. We on. should encourage our men, if they fall in love with a with a woman yeah. or they meet a woman yep. first in the church yep. who who's a Christ follower yep. and, and she's got a kid. Yep. You know, for whatever's happened, mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 original or the biological father was bad dude. Maybe yep. she didn't know Jesus. Whatever yep. it was, yep. right? Weak. I think our guys need to reconsider throwing that out. Oh, she's yeah. got a kid. Yeah. Like I think it's not only noble yep. to marry that woman. Yep. Um. And 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 date her. Obviously, you got to date a lot more mm-hmm. sensitively mm-hmm. and carefully. For sure. But like, it's a noble thing. Go marry that yeah. girl. Go yeah. go raise those kids yep. and. I just think we should encourage that. For sure. And and honestly, what's always funny, and because and it's manners, we can call out, you know, mm-hmm. our guys on our crap. But yeah. it's like, you got a kid too. You just don't have them 24-7. <laughs> so, like, cut it out. <laughs> you just got them on the exactly. weekend. So it just makes it a little easier. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, you you're seem not like perfect. you're just single, you know. So Absolutely. keep that in mind too. But for the guys who don't have kids, yeah. you know, like, don't be afraid Absolutely. of these these single moms. Absolutely. They're incredible. Yep. Most of the time, they, you know, 
do you know run circles around sure. you and and whatever so sure. but anyway going back to our our, our subject matter at mm -hmm. hand right so you're going through high school you're um you know you're ex you're navigating through yeah. a lot of this stuff yeah. you're accepting your stepfather yeah. you recognize that you don't really have a dad and you're in your biological father yeah you're hey i'm a little bit different than yeah. some of my other guy friends yeah. right i mean maybe i'm not the most athletic yeah. or um you know or you know know how to ride a bike and yeah. some of this stuff and, and it impacts me how does derek right he 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 and the value of the church community mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you're you're still this is still lingering with you like yeah. how did you start to define and get comfortable in your own skin yeah and maybe be vulnerable for a minute like what were some of the hardest things and hardest moments and um and and just you know i'm gonna be a great man yeah I, i'm gonna i'm gonna be a great christ follower you know i mean how did you totally um yeah there were some some hard moments and i think even in college it was rough too because you know you you get into a larger pool again of mm. of even more men and you see so many different you know um you know, types of what manhood's supposed to be like. Yeah. Um, and I think a part of the acceptance is understanding that, like, man, you know, God created me specifically and and purposefully. Um, and to lean into that okay. and not, um, you know, not try to be somebody other than who I was. That's great. And then I also start asking the questions like, man, like, you know, why am I weird? You know, mm. like, why why am I not this? Why mm. am I not that? You know, mm. and you start to just create so many narratives for yourself of like, oh, man, I'll like never be married or I'll mm. never have a girlfriend or I'll mm. never, you know, this because I don't, you know, again, I'm not athletic or I don't fit the stereotypical facade of yeah. what it seems like a man should be. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, you know, a combination of like God literally like speaking to me and saying like, I've called you and your journey is is the exact way that I've destined it to be. And I think it is to be where I am now to speak to other guys who are coming on the journey to say, hey, like what you think it looks like is not the way it looks like. Yeah. And there's a a better idea, understanding of like, man, the world sees it this way. And you always say like the 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 kingdom of God is the upside down kingdom. And I yeah. think it's the same way with like men, you know, yeah. it's upside down. We think it's one way. It's like you got to rule with an iron fist and like, no, it's it's actually the opposite of that. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, just time with God and like really, you know, being at some low points too of like mm. letting him like love on me and be like, Derek. Like no. I've called you and I created you. You've felt inadequate or you've, you know, insecure, insecure. Yep. Not worthy. Mm. You know, I think, I think about Jesus and Jesus was the ultimate man. Yeah. He was the ultimate. Um, yeah. He was just, he was a dude too. Yeah. And Jesus wasn't married and he, and he didn't have a girlfriend, but he was on a mission. Yep. And he had a great group of men following yeah. him. Well, they weren't great. They became great mm -hmm. later, mm -hmm. but they were a mess. A mess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and so he was single and but he had a purpose and a mission and a voice. Yeah. So I think in discovering our manhood, we really have to define mm -hmm. what manhood is. Yeah. And I think we're trying to do that. Yeah. Um, and so if you I, I think I have a word mm -hmm. as to what I really believe manhood is, mm -hmm. but I want to hear kind of what <laughs> you would consider yeah. the true essence of manhood, Yeah, which we've sprinkled it in, Yeah, but let's define it. You know what? It's so funny because as you talk about Jesus and just like his journey, 
And I think what really helped me tap into like what true manhood for me looked like or discovering it. And when you hear this word or when people hear this word, they might be like, oh, like, you know, that's a little, you know, but I'm going to, I'm going to break it down. Um, And to me, it's authority. Hmm. Um, hmm. Jesus had authority. And I think when I really tapped into the authority within me hmm. is when I really discovered, okay, true manhood. And okay, so break that down. What does that look like to you? When people think authority, it's like, you know, girl, get over here. Or like, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> give me my money. Or like. That would be true toxic ex- Exactly. But authority, you know, especially the way that, that Jesus um, you know, I think about first thing I go to go to is like when Jesus was fasting, you know, mm-hmm. in the wilderness mm. at his weakest moment, mm. and he still had authority over the enemy. So good. You know, he still had authority to be like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing what you want me to do. No, I'm not going to, you know, call the angels to come save me. Like he, he had authority in that that's moment, great. even in his weakest yeah. moment. And I think that's what I tap into is like I have the authority of of, of the power of the Holy Spirit mm. on the inside of me. That when I do feel that insecurity or when I do feel that doubt, I can speak to that thing and say, that's No, good. you don't have the permission to rule over me. You know, yeah. and I can stand in what God has created me to be. I have that authority so as a son of God that's to great. stand in what He's created me to be. And it doesn't mean that women don't have no. a, a form of authority, no. but I think that the, the word that I was thinking about, I love that you used authority. I, I was really thinking about as men, what defines us is our ability to be leaders. Yeah. And it starts with leading yourself. Mm-hmm. You lead yourself and you lead yourself well, yeah. God will give you other people to lead. Yeah. And But you can't really lead if you don't have authority. Mm-hmm. And the authority that we live and go by is the word of God. Uh, and then the natural laws of nature, yeah. where it's like um, I have been given given authority to observe the word of, to to utilize the word yeah. of God, and then and the way that God has created the world and society, yeah. and I'm going to lead myself in this way, which is going to allow me to lead others and influence others in this way, mm-hmm. which the combination of of the authority gives me the strength of leadership. But I don't think you accumulate authority unless you lead yourself. First, yeah, and um, so I'm processing through this, yeah. of course. You, you yeah. want to add a thought, yeah. And and what I think about you know, authority, um, like we're representatives of, of the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. we're representatives of Jesus, um, and because of that, it gives us authority. You think about you know, any, any government, you know, the authority is based on the organization that they represent, yeah, and it gives them license to do certain things or to say certain things because yeah. they represent a certain organization. Yeah. And so in that same way, like we as representatives of Jesus, we've mm. been given authority mm. uh, to, to be representatives and say what he desires to say. And where it gets tricky is when, you know, we no longer represent that authority. Yeah, exactly. When we, when we lose it, if we're not representing Jesus, then authority is a false. It's a false. It's it's side. literally like there's a dark side and a light yeah. side. It's yeah. like there are plenty of people who have leadership and authority, yep. but they're being used by the enemy. Yeah. And and so we've got plenty of leaders yep. worldwide who yep. have a form of authority, yeah. but are um are are abusing it. Yeah. And and when it comes to true manhood, we should also say what manhood isn't. Yeah. And if, if manhood, uh, just because you have some form of people following you, you got a million followers on Instagram or you're a senator mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm. it is, uh, and you have authority, it, it doesn't mean that you are functioning within the, the lo- God's yeah. laws and yeah. the laws of nature. Yeah. And so if we are 
accepting and tolerating mm-hmm. sin, yeah. anti-biblical, um, you know, uh, ideas and ideologies, ideas yeah. you're being used by the enemy, yeah. plain and simple. Yeah. No matter what you feel or, or think, we, we have an outline. Yeah. And when you function within that, that that's true authority. Yeah. Uh, talk to us, Derek, about when you started to recognize um, in, in your own discovery process, I have to lead myself. How do you lead yourself? Hmm. That's good. It's also hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think that um, in leading yourself, it is a daily discovery mm. and it's an ongoing process and journey. Okay. And I think, you know, a starting place is first recognizing that like, okay, you know, okay, here's a prime example of how you lead yourself well and how you maybe do it in in a foundational place. Yeah. You know, I knew that, you know, okay, I had this call in my life mm. that God had spoken, you know, when I was was a kid. Um, and so simple. On on my social media, you know, I just started acting in a way of like, man, one day I know what I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So let me just live you know, let me just, you know, be that on social media mm. now mm. so that when that time comes, I don't have to go back and doctor up a whole mm. lot of things, mm. you know, because now I'm in this this position or this place. Yeah, it's good. And so in a foundational place, like, that's how you lead yourself well. Like, mm. you know, okay, I know where I'm called to, so I'm going to eliminate certain things now mm. or, or live to a standard that maybe I don't even feel like I'm at yet, but mm. I'm going to take a step to get there because mm. I know where God has called me mm. to. Um, and so you do that. And then also, I think you surround yourself with people yeah. who also know what you're called to. Yeah. And not just where you are now. Because if you just surround yourself with people who um, are comfortable with where you are now, um, it can be very easy to not ever get to that next place. You, you, you're you not, stay as a boy. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? So you have to have people who hold you accountable so that you can get to that next place. It makes me think of Paul basically writing like, hey, when you're a child, you kind of just yeah. act and drink and yeah. talk like a child and you're drinking milk. But when you become a mature yeah. adult, yep. it, it's time to start eating meat. Even even more practical things like, you know, in college and in that transition from college to adulthood, it's like, okay, no one's making me go to church. Yeah. You know, like I don't I don't have to go. Yeah. You know? It's great. Um, but I knew that's where I needed to be. Mm. You know, I knew I needed to find a home. I knew I needed to find community. Yeah. And so while it could be very easy to just sleep in or chill, like I made the decision, like, no, actually you need to go to church, yeah. you know? And I, and I'm so thankful for that because then I became a pastor and you know, the rest is history. And then so many other people are impacted because yeah. you lead yourself well. But you're also an entrepreneur. I am. And you're not, you're not just defined because you're a creative. Mm-hmm. Why did you do the quotes? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't, you gotta, I don't really appreciate you gotta the flow. Quote on well, quote. I'm, I'm a creative, you know, so, <laughs> but you got to flow like, you know, like 9am, you know, it's, it's not going to work for you at 9pm. Uh, but you know, so you got a few irons in the fire. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it goes back to the um, we're not just we're not just putting men in a box yeah. or or manhood in a box. Yeah. Um, that's what boys do. Yeah, uh, I'm you know I I do these different mm-hmm. things that um, speak to what God made yeah. me. I'm yeah. a part of a church community yeah. and a church family that is encouraging this yeah. and we have boundaries and, yeah. I, and I think the boundaries are and I think this is I think this is what we're getting at yeah. 
you know, discovering your manhood is, is set the boundaries. If yeah. this table was the boundaries, outside of these boundaries is sin. Yeah. Outside of these boundaries is, is, is extra biblical ideas. Yeah. Outside of these boundaries is, um, I don't know, you name it, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, 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 it's cultures, mm-hmm. Take on, mm-hmm. be what you want, mm-hmm. define what you want, mm-hmm. say whatever gender you are, yeah, yeah. you know, like whatever, yeah. like just whatever goes. Feelings. Yeah. yeah. Inside of this is I've got the word of God. Yeah. I have um I have authority from the spirit. I've got community, Christ, church. Within this, within those boundaries, I can do and be what God's made me to be. Yeah. And it doesn't mean shoot a basketball yeah. or run track, or it doesn't mean, you know, date 56 girls. Yeah. It means I, I'm living a holy righteous life that provides, and I lead myself, which gives me authority. Yeah. And now I can discover, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a boy. A boy plays on the lines. Yeah. A boy hops the fence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The men stay within these boundaries and go, there's a lot more uh, excitement and adventure mm-hmm. under the shadow. There's of still ways. more to discover here. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this? Uh, any final thoughts? Um, I had one. <laughs> you have one? I had one and then it slipped. It was just but so good. It was, was... it was it was so good. Oh it's gonna come back to me. It was you were speaking about um <clears throat> me being an entrepreneur and having the different oh <clears throat> yes, there's so much in us as men. Yes. Um, and I think as you lead yourself well, mm-hmm. God continues to increase your capacity. And as you steward what he's given you, he continues to take you from faith to faith and glory to glory. Yeah. You know, and I think as you lean into who he's created you to be as a man of God, as a true man of God with true authority, um, the, 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 uh, like it's, it's limitless. Like there's so much that he has in store. And I think that a lot of men, you know, we think that there's only like one way. And and that's why a lot of, a lot of men are depressed and are so angry because, we try to do it our own self. Like, mm. okay, I gotta, I gotta make a living. I gotta do this, and I'm responsible. And it's like, no, God, he's he's the source. That's good, you know. And as you tap into him and who he's created you to be, he's gonna give you what you need to be successful. You probably wouldn't be able to stay in the ministry if you didn't have the ability to create, to be an entrepreneur, whatever it is. The discovery process of manhood is: I'm graduating from boy yep. to man. Yep. And, and I'm discovering who I am, who yep. God made me to be, and I'm trying things. It's yep. faith. It's risk. Yep. I'm just staying within the boundaries mm-hmm. of God's word. Yep. And I and it, it it's and so much you, to discover. And as you keep saying yes, yes, it's like new things are unlocked. That's you great. discover more things. Say yes to the Lord. Yeah. I think that's great. I think this is going to help people. Yeah. And um, I love it. Hey, yeah. manners, how to act like a man. That's right. Thanks for listening. If this was helpful to you, give a good review and subscribe to The Block Church's YouTube channel. For more information about The Block Church, visit theblockchurch.org. We'll see you next time on Manners, How to Act Like Biblical Men.